Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today is Tuesday, November the 9th, and we gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and put on our Christ goggles as we continue to plow through Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Solomon seems to kind of repeat himself quite a bit in this chapter, but let's be honest, repeating is a good thing. You think about it, you, we all need a reminder when we're doing something we shouldn't be, but also we need to be filled with love, either from our spouse or our children or a neighbor or our friends or our friends at church, but obviously also to remind it of God's approval on account of Christ. And that is exactly what we hear today, for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Dice Wrong Word is graciously underwritten by our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation. For more information about their great work around the world, visit lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome regular guest Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO. Pastor Lekomsky, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. And, and 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 Brady, I'm coming to you from yet another location. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where is that now? It's not that I have to hide out, but I'm actually coming to you from the guest room of my father-in-law, Jerry Raymond's house in Bushnell, Florida. Bushnell, Florida. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Bushnell, yes, Florida. Okay, so Florida. Where, where are you near? What do you buy? Uh, an hour north of Tampa. Oh an hour goodness, north wonderful. of Tampa. Yeah. Good for you. Good so for I've, you. I've, I've gotten farther and farther away from you, and you're cold. Because I bet <laughs> it is cold up there. <laughs> well, well, yesterday it was uh, 60, and today it's supposed to be high of 50. So it's not bad. It's not bad at all for us. No, this is, no. This is tropical. This it, is like it, we're in our own Bushnell, Florida, right now. Absolutely. Well, see, that, that's the irony. When we came down Saturday, your temperatures were actually warmer than it was here in Florida. I love it. I so, love it. So, so, so but tell we're us. Being uh, today. We're going to be in the 80s. We're going to be in the 80s go. today. So, you yeah. win. You win. So, tell me what's going on for you and your family. Uh, well, just that. We, we're actually taking 10 days to come and visit Lynn's dad, who is 95 years old. Jerry is 95 years old. So you have to do that whenever you have the opportunity to come. And, uh, yeah, other than that, we, we're just having a good time down here uh, in the South. So uh, Wonderful. Wonderful. How about for Wrestling the Basics? Anything new on that program? Well, if people follow Wrestling with the Basics, we, we're constantly changing subjects. We're, we're not like you where you, you've got a book and you're working through it. Uh, we, we, we go from all kinds of – apparently – Whatever happens to bother Matt or bother me. So we just finished up looking at the arm of God, and, and Matt's doing a study on the angels. And uh, I'm talking about old dogs learning new tricks because uh, you'd think after being in the ministry 40 years, I would know it all. <laughs> well, maybe that was a problem. <laughs> maybe I didn't know a lot to start off with. <laughs> but anyway, well, new things, and... learning new things in the Scripture all the time. And, and learning, and so you're learning about angels. Is that what you said? Studying yeah, about that, angels. Yeah, that was. Okay. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Matt's been doing. He's been giving us everything you need to know about angels. In fact, that'll it. be on for the next couple of weeks if you want to join us on Saturdays at nine o'clock. So nine o'clock, wonderful. And, unless, and I think unless you're unless you're in Florida, then you have to join us at ten o'clock. 
there you go see it's way different yeah way different because right now you are i mean you're probably getting hungry it's lunchtime where you're where you're where you're at right now yeah 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 all right so let's move on so i can go eat let's do it all right so as we put on our christ goggles this morning or if it's past noon for you can you begin our time in prayer lord thank you you've given us this word we know it's inspired by your holy spirit and yet it is a word fraught with difficulty. So by your Holy Spirit, allow Brady and I to understand uh, the meaning that you would give to us to guide us and to comfort us on this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Reminder to listeners, if you have any questions concerning our text or any part of Ecclesiastes, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or give us a call, 314-821-0850. Now, Pastor, we start. you started us off in chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes, and it starts with vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And now we come to this chapter with a lot of repeating that happens. So how do you want to start us off? Well, can I actually take off on a little side trip first before that's, we get into fine. the text? Is that We're okay? used to it. Do it. We're used to it. Okay, so, so here's <laughs> the thing. It occurred to me that a major change took place in the Christian church In fact, this had never happened before for, what, almost 2,000 years. Uh, This major change took place in my lifetime, and and, and I think, I I don't think, I I think when this change took place, you were already a pastor. And what I'm referring to is that every Sunday, do you not read an Old Testament lesson? Is that your practice? Yeah, as long as I can remember and long as I've been a pastor, there's always been an Old Testament lesson, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, that didn't start until like in the 1960s. Sorry. And in fact, it actually didn't start in our church until in the 70s, because, you know, we're always 10 years behind everybody else. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. uh, but but now, Brady, just think about that. Why is it that for nearly 2,000 years, the church did not read the Old Testament on a Sunday service? You got any ideas why that might be? Well, my only thought is is something along the lines of, uh, you know, we are we are we're Jesus people, therefore we really want to yeah. focus on that. And what, I mean, it, it's very clear in the New Testament. I think it's clear in the Old Testament, but very very clear in the New Testament. And and so I think the problem was, and again, I'm just speculating that that there was this. It's not that the Old Testament isn't the Word of God. Right. And, 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 and we've always used the Old Testament. We talked about Adam. We talked about Noah, <laughs> you know, Moses, the Israelites, the, the great prophecies, the suffering servant, Isaiah 53. Uh, so it wasn't like that we were ignorant of the Old Testament. But, but, but we understood because we're sinners, the danger is we always want to fall back into an old covenant way of doing things. If you think about it, Brady, at the very beginning, wasn't that the first issue the church had to wrestle with? Are we are we all about faith, or do we have to go back and do the Old Testament things like circumcision? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and much of Paul's letters are, are saying, no, 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 we don't need all those Old Covenant practices anymore. Uh, and then think about the Reformation. Was that not the problem of the Reformation, that they wanted to go back to the Old Covenant way of sacrifices? Not Not that we were killing animals— but you had to make a sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you couldn't eat you couldn't eat meat on on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, and you couldn't eat meat during Lent completely. Uh, and what a lot of people don't realize that very issue about what you could eat 
uh, uh, regulations regarding food, which is very much an old covenant way of doing things. That's what actually got the Reformation started. It was about people not <laughs> not wanting to have to give up butter <laughs> mm-hmm. on Wednesdays mm-hmm. and Fridays. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, so the thing is, I, I think there was this concern that, oh, man, we got to be careful. Otherwise, people are going to want to go do it in the old covenant way. And I'm bringing that up. Because because you got your 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 Christ goggles on you and your Christ goggles, <laughs> right? <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. No, that's been one of my favorite analogies you use, uh, sure. and certainly that's how you have to read the Old Testament with your Christ goggles. But we can Christianize this Ecclesiastes chapter nine, but but I think when you read it as it's written, you have to say to yourself. There's something missing here, <laughs> okay? Mm, mm-hmm, Solomon, mm-hmm. if you were the wisest man that has ever existed, and yet I'm reading what you're saying here and thinking, Solomon, you, you don't have it all. There's something that seems to be lacking in the so-called wisdom you're giving me. And in fact, Solomon himself acknowledges that here, doesn't he? That mm. I've got all this wisdom, and yet, man, there needs to be something more. And of course, what you and I realize, and God help everyone listening to us, what we need more is faith in Jesus Christ. So as we walk through this, I'm all for Christianize it, but I think we first need to recognize that, oh, wait a second, there's got to be more. <laughs> there's something mm-hmm. missing here. And then, then then, through Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll, we'll apply what's missing. But haven't you found as you've done this, Ecclesiastes, there's just like something fundamentally not right. <laughs> I mean, it looks great. I'm not denying that. But it's like, oh, man, I, I'm glad I have more than what I have here in Ecclesiastes. Are you disagree with me, Brady? Because maybe you do. I, I think we wrestle with this. Well, and that is a challenge that we have. And this is for you, our listeners, is if you read Ecclesiastes just straight up, um, just front to back, and you keep reading it, it repeats itself. Today, you're going to have a lot of repeating. And the the actual, if you put it, gospel handle that's there reads more like, okay, go eat your bread, have your drink, have a merry heart because God, you know, and enjoy God, basically. That's kind of how it speaks. Well, that doesn't give us a, a full gospel, you know, understanding. It still kind of leads us to, you know, if you really love the Lord, you'll go and drink and be happy, you know, with your life and to enjoy it. So, yeah, there's always that feeling of we're missing something in the midst of Ecclesiastes, which is why, as you've said many times in this program, Scripture interprets Scripture, as we see Jesus as a center of it all, that that is something. But yeah, you're right. There is a little bit of discomfort when you get towards the end of Ecclesiastes, where you're like, man, I need some gospel here. And and it doesn't necessarily provide it in a, in a very clear way. That's my thoughts. Yeah, and I, I agree with you completely. That That's exactly how I see it, too. Mm-hmm. And, and just as we're reading through this, and, and all of the Old Covenant stuff that you find, because the Old Testament isn't all Old Covenant. No, not at all. There's some great, clear gospel. But when you read to the Old Covenant stuff, I think you have to be thinking, I I need Jesus. Yep. <laughs> if, I, if I haven't got anything else out of this text, I really need Jesus, because without Jesus, yes. it's pretty bleak. <laughs> it's very bleak, <laughs> okay. very well, bleak. So, yeah, so on yeah. that happy note, um, let's dig into the text. <laughs> are you, <laughs> are you yeah, ready, Pastor? Yeah. <laughs> I am ready. All right, let's do it. Reminder to our listeners, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version of Holy Scripture and Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Solomon writes. Hey, Brady, Brady, 
Hey, yeah. Brady, I, I, I know you're going to hate this, but I'm too far away for you to hit me. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Could we start by just reading the first verse? And then after yep. that, that was we'll, the plan. We'll, we'll go crazy. That was oh, actually the plan so until you were interrupted. Yeah, oh, there you great go. Oh, great think alike, Brady. <laughs> Verse you one. and I think alike, too. That's so, right. Yeah, That's right. right. Verse 1. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. So he begins right away with a word that's always tricky, but, and, uh, you know, watch your butts, as yep. one pastor told me, watch your butts in, in the Christian <laughs> life. Um, but he starts that way, and this probably needs some unpacking. What do you want to begin? Well, okay, let's just start with a but, and, and of course, that's always a connective, and it is a reminder that you actually ended with this uh, when you did the last chapter mm-hmm. where he, he says, you know, I've got all this wisdom and I still don't know what's going on. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He cannot find it out. That was this concluding phrase from chapter eight. Um, but, but so here, here, this is just really a difficult passage. Uh, well, it isn't. He says, you know, we, we just don't know. We know what's in the hands of God, but how it's all going to work out. Nobody knows. Is it going to be for love or hate? Um and, and I've read some really smart guys on, on this particular chapter, because I'm not really very smart when it comes to Hebrew. And and some of them assure me that when it talks about love or hate, whether it is love or hate, it's talking about the love or hate of God, right? Mm-hmm. So do we don't know. Does God love us? Does God hate us? You really can't tell from the things that go on in your day-to-day life. Sometimes it seems like God loves you. Other times it seems like God must have it in for you. Uh, you come to Florida looking for nice warm weather, and it's freezing, you know, what a, mm-hmm. um, th- then again, I've read other commentaries that say just the opposite. No, it isn't talking about God when it talks about love or hate. It's talking about us. So we don't know. Are we going to love people today? Are we going to hate people today? Maybe we hate people, and then uh, we all of a sudden we love them. And maybe we are loving people, and all of a sudden something happens, and we hate them. Um, but, see, again, what strikes me in this verse is it shows why you got to have Jesus. Because we actually do know how it's all going to work out, don't we, Brady? Mm-hmm. Solomon apparently doesn't. Solomon apparently says, I just don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, uh, I know I'm in the hand of God, but I don't know how that's all going to work out. And, and I'm thinking, Solomon, read your Old Testament. Listen to the Spirit, because the Spirit tells us we know how it's all going to work out, right? We, we know, number one, that God loves us. And there's nothing in this world that can change that faith in Jesus Christ, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We know for a fact everything, even the evil and wicked things, are going to work together for our good. And of course, we're going to talk about death in just a moment. And we know death is no no real, well, it is a big deal because it makes people sad to be separated. You know, I got my 95-year-old father-in-law and it's we don't want to think about it, but we know that's limited that's limited time. But on the other hand, I know that someday I'll see him in heaven and we'll have an eternity to continue our fellowship and joy. Does that make any sense, Brady? I, I read Solomon here and say, Solomon, you know, we do know. We do know how things are going to go. I know it talks about how, I mean, you're, and I appreciate the, the tension that you're giving to us because it, it, you have to feel a little bit of discomfort when we read this. And and in the commentary yeah. that I read, just spoke about it was it was it's as if Solomon takes a temporary uh, retreat from God in this, 
with the grief that we all have at times of like, okay, what is going on? As he said in verse 14, he says, I don't know any of this. And then chapter nine, he's like, but all this I laid to heart, examining it all. And there's a point where it's like, okay, you've examined it to death. You need to stop and we need to look back to God. And so definitely he has, um, he's kind of expended himself to the point of probably a new kind of despair where he realizes the worthlessness of the world, where all of a sudden you're going to start questioning what this all is. So yeah, you almost have to read this quickly because if you read it and, and ponder it too much, you lose track of everything. And, in, and this reminds me of chapter three, where he says in chapter eight, or excuse me, chapter three, verse eight, a time to love and a time to hate. He's definitely reflecting on this life where there is love and hate in this world. And, and how do you, reconcile all that sometimes i myself and i think for people it can really lead you to despair so that's what i'm i'm feeling from him right now it's all in god's hands but yet i don't really necessarily like the outcome and that can that can be very trying at times and and brady i really like i like the thought you have there because see here's the curse if you're the wisest man on earth the curse is mm. you can figure it out right you can right. figure it out, man. You've got all the wisdom. And I think that's what we're seeing here. I think that's a really good way of putting it. He's done it. He's thought it through. And he still has no answers because, you see, there is no answer in human wisdom. Right? Mm-hmm. Our wisdom is Christ. That's what the Bible says. And so you're not going to have any understanding of these things if you try to figure it out. And, and the other phrase that Luther points out he uses here in a moment is under the sun. Solomon is contemplating what a man can understand by just observing the things under the sun. We know God's in control, but man, you really can't understand God by observing what's under the sun. Uh, You you have to go to what God has revealed to us through his son, Jesus Christ, which, of course, that's in the Old Testament all over the place, too. You know, this constant message that God is a God of mercy and forgiveness, even though you might not see that in your day-to-day life. But but he is, he is, and Christ, of course, is the ultimate fulfillment of that truth. And that's where I remember I had a friend whose brother had pretty much denied the faith, and he described his brother in this way. And it's, all, it's kind of crazy. He said, my brother is basically just a big throbbing brain. He said that's, that's the essence mm-hmm. of who he is because he can— he has like two PhDs and he's gotten degrees from this and he's always talking shop and he's all this. And in the midst of all that, there was no God, Like there's no God in the midst of all of that part of it. Cause he's trying to think and do everything on his own. And you feel that a little bit with Solomon, the, the battle of faith, not, not our faith, obviously the faith that God gives to us no. and, and so forth. But there is that battle of faith, the, the evil one, our old Adam, our, our, our flesh, trying to think our way out of it and here we are i'm feeling it with him today is definitely that feeling of i don't i don't know what to do i've examined it all and still yet i don't have the answers which is horrible for a math equation like if my kids were to say i've examined it all and there's no point to this math test like well it doesn't matter you have to have the right answer you know (laughs) so there's some of that too um anyways so Anything else in verse one? I mean, we started with, okay, he's kind of just putting his cards on the table and saying, I don't know. I, d- I just don't get it. So any other thoughts? Yep. Nope, nope. I'm ready to move on. All right. So I have us just doing verse two. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you right me. now if it's okay just to do verse two. I'm going to ask you. That's fine. That is fine. You, you, right, you, you, you can always go short. With me, you're going yeah, long. That's the problem. Going long that's is the problem. All right, I'll yeah. go short. Here it is. Verse yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. 
It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As a good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. Now, he kind of continues with this uh, uh, this downtrodden because he's realizing the reality of life, which he's said before at this point, I believe it's chapter 2, that he speaks this way, that that the, the demise happens to every single one of us. And what does that tell you, Pastor? All right, well, let me, let me share with you another story. Uh, so, so we went to my father-in-law's church on Sunday to worship. Uh, Pastor David uh, Rosano, 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 mm-hmm. maybe is how you pronounce it. Um, and, and so, uh, Pastor Rosano said something that seemed so obvious, and yet I had never really thought it before. He talked about how much work you had in the old covenant. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and just think about it. I, I know you're busy as a pastor. I know I was when I was working, but think about what your life is if you're a priest in the Old Testament, because uh, well, number one, you've got sacrifices you got to do every day, right? There's there's built-in sacrifices. It's required every day. But then, of mm-hmm. course, you all have your festival seasons when you have yet more sacrifices you have to do. And, and the Jews have lots and lots of festivals. We we got two, and they must have, what, five, six, seven, I can't remember. they got so many of them. And they, they don't run for one day. It's not like you just have Easter and it's over, or Christmas and it's over. No, these things run for days and days. And then, of course, you have added to that the fact that when people sin, they have to bring you an animal. That has to be sacrificed. If people are ill, you know, we, you and I dealt with that. If there's leprosy or something, that requires more yep. sacrifice. In fact, it like just about everything. And, and the point he made, which I thought, this is so strange that I never know. It's really a lot of work <laughs> yeah. to do the yeah. sacrifices, to keep the Old Covenant. And here's what Solomon reflects on that. He says, and what did it do? What did it accomplish? We're no better off than the people that didn't do the sacrifices. We're no better off than the people that didn't worry about Because not only sacrifice, you've got to do all the cleansing stuff too, right? All the washings and all of that. And, and, and what's the end result of all this? We're no different than the people that are unclean. We're no people than the people that didn't sacrifice. We're no different than the people who didn't swear. You know, it's just, what a frustration. <laughs> it matters not whether you're good or bad. We all end up having the same result. But but you see, again, that's that's as good as it gets if you don't have Christ, if you don't have faith, is it? I guess there really isn't any difference. Uh, but when you bring Christ to faith and you realize, oh, my goodness, Solomon, there's all the difference in the world. And I'm not just talking about eternal differences. I'm not just talking about the fact that the, the, the believer goes to heaven. I'm talking about that the believer does everything different in mm-hmm. his day-to-day life. Well, not always, because the believer is a sinner. <laughs> but but there is a difference. There is a difference in terms of how he lives his life. Uh, so anyway, that, that that was my thought. And this is where it... We come to this reality, and and like I said, David brings it up, or excuse me, Solomon brings it up twice in this book, is yeah. that reality of, let's just say, for example, I eat broccoli every single day throughout my life, or yeah. if I choose to have Mountain Dew every day of my life, which I probably side to one 
versus more than the other is is the reality <laughs> of the demise is the same it might be longer it might not be it goes the same with uh you know if you were in hockey or if you were never in sports or if you were in choir or you never were you got a phd or you just have a technical degree or you never finished high school the demise is is still there that we all will die and and we will not last forever that is the reality and like you said, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the Old Testament. And there's a lot of work in our lives as well. And if it doesn't, like I said, have the Christ goggles as part of it, the meaning is completely different. There's, there's, it's, what's the point is kind of a, a common theme in this whole thing as well throughout this book. And he's just lamenting that, which the beauty of when you read the scriptures is God allows us to lament, to saying, what is this? What are we doing? He's grieving this reality as we do as well. But that's where the lens of faith comes in. So that, that those are my thoughts. Any other thoughts before we move on? Well, just just, just reflecting on what you said, that, that, that there are people who do things because they think this is going to make their life better, right? right? So this is why you make sacrifices, and this is why you do all the ritual cleansing, and maybe even good deeds, even good works to people, because it's going to make your life better. And what Solomon is pointing out here is, well, that ain't, that ain't how it works. <laughs> Trust me. You know, you can do all these things and your life may not necessarily be better. Uh, uh, dear old Jerry, you know, the doctors are after him because his uh, sugar count's going up. And they said, Jerry, you know, you better be careful because you're going to be a diabetic. And he's thinking, I'm 95 years old. <laughs> what do I care? <laughs> you know, uh, but, but again, you, you see the point. This is where Christ makes it differently. We do all kinds of good things, but we don't do them because we think God's going to love us. Mm-hmm. We don't think it's good because it's going to make things better. We do them because God does love us. And, and that's, well, we're going to see that actually a little more clearly in the next verse where Paul, or rather Solomon, exhorts us to do things. I'm thinking, but Solomon, you're right in what you're exhorting us to do, but you don't understand why we do these things. So maybe I better just leave that until later. Um, I'm good. But, I'm gonna... but if anyway, everyone out there is doing good deeds because they think it's going to keep them from dying, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. That, yeah. that we'll get it done. But I can tell you what will take care of you dying. In fact, I can tell you why you need to die. <laughs> Even a 94-year-old needs to die because you're never going to reach what God really wants for you until you die. Isn't that strange? You'll never be what God totally wants you to be here in this life. But you will be. You will be perfect, absolutely where God wants you to be, but you'll have to die first. I'm sorry. It's just how it works. There it is. So I'm going to read verses three through six, and then we'll come back after our break to cover those verses. This would keep moving forward. So verses three through six. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live and after they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. We're going to cover more of this as we come back from our break. We are studying Ecclesiastes chapter 9 with Pastor John Lekomsky, and we will be right back.
These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan316. And welcome back. We are studying Ecclesiastes chapter 9 with Pastor John Lekomsky. And as we read these last few verses before our break, 3 through 6, there's a number of, 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 number of realities that, that strike to the heart. One is the evil, the, the, the man, children of man, of humankind, are full of evil and madness in their hearts. I wanted to start there. Any of your thoughts on that? Well, actually, I think here's where Solomon begins to see the truth. Okay, because in the previous passage, he wanted to make a distinction between the righteous and and the wicked, the good and the evil, which, by the way, there is a distinction. There is a distinction. But but he's not making the right distinction because he wants to equate it with, again, the old covenant. There are people who follow the old covenant and they're clean and there's people that don't follow it and they're unclean. There are people who make the sacrifices and there's people who don't make the sacrifices. See, but now in this verse, he's coming to the reality which Paul makes so powerful in his uh, book of Romans, that all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done what God required of them in the Old Covenant, but part of the reason he required that was for them to realize this is not going to solve our problem. As I said earlier, oh, we got all kinds of sacrifices we need to make, and the tragic thing is we make all those sacrifices and nothing's different the sin is still in us, and now we've got to start making all these sacrifices again, which points us again to the beautiful text you had several months ago, I think it was. When, when did we do Hebrews, Brady? Yeah, that was before Leviticus, so that would have been, uh, what month is it now? That would have been like in August, maybe early August to mid-July. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, so, so there it's you have a, a beautiful teaching. There is a once, a once and for all sacrifice in Christ, yeah. okay? You had Absolutely. all these sacrifices, and they didn't do anything. But And now Solomon's beginning to reflect on that, isn't he? He's beginning to say, yeah, and when you think about it, that's all there is with the children of men. They're full of evil. There's madness in their hearts. Yeah, and then they die. Oh, wow, isn't that a hopeful yeah. thought? <laughs> it does. We're wicked and, and we die. And the beauty, the beauty of this, because there's a certain amount of narcissism that we all hold in the church, so this kind of yeah. idea of I'm a better person because I go to church or I've done my good deed mm. for the day, or I'm, you know, I'm part of this lineage of lifelong Lutherans or something along those lines. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to accuse anybody, but we all have it. And we all have those moments where we're not depending on the cross of Jesus. We're depending on something else that we've, we've snuck into the equation somehow. And we can easily get to that where we need a reminder. I know I do to be able to say we all fall short of the glory of God. And that's where Paul says so beautifully, because if we're not all deep, uh, deep sinners, unable to save ourselves, which is what he clearly is throwing out there to us right now, then, then, then there's no need for the cross. There's no need for the, no need for Jesus. There's no need for a resurrection. This isn't a fairy tale. You know, it may as well just be a fairy tale in that scenario. Here he is laying the groundwork to say that, 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 that it doesn't matter how hard you work or how little you work, you still die. Um, and it does, you know, all there's so much evil that all of you are full of evil. I don't like saying it that way, but that's how we're saying it. Um, and he just lays it out because if that's not a reality, like you said, 
if there is no death, then there's no need for a resurrection. You know, if Jesus does not die, there's yeah. no resurrection for us. Uh, we need that resurrection and baptism as we talk about Romans 6. But also when that day comes, um, unless Jesus comes before it, of course, that day comes, we still have hope. And that's where Psalm is laying it out. I wish he had more gospel handles in this, but he's definitely laying it out so that we can read Romans more clearly, read Hebrews more clearly because of what's been laid out. So those are my thoughts. What else you got? Yeah, and, 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 and again, see, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just this this total darkness that you have apart from Christ. And the problem is what you just said, Brady, we don't realize that. We really do think, and you know what? I was a pastor for 40 years. I deserve special treatment. Don't right, you think? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, as you, as, 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 and, and Solomon's getting that here. And, and, and Paul certainly preaches that. Nobody, you want to be treated for what you've done? No, you don't. You really don't want to be treated for what, what your life has been like. No, we want to be treated on the basis of what Christ's life has been like. And it does tickle me. Here's the best Solomon can come up with. Well, you know, it's better to be a living dog than a dead lion. <laughs> oh, thanks, Solomon. Boy, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to put that up, you know, so when I wake up in the morning, oh, thank God I'm a living dog. <laughs> yeah. No, Solomon, I don't find a lot of comfort in that either. Uh, but it just shows where if, if you take Christ out of the story, it is, and, and that's, I don't want to make people feel depressed. We got to understand that it, it really is not a good world. It is not a good world if Christ isn't here. And, and there are people listening to us right now, Brady. They know all kinds of suffering and sorrow. Probably are, are wrestling with it right now. And, and, and all I can say to you is, yeah, Solomon's right about that. That's pretty much what life in this world is like. Except <laughs> mm-hmm. we know about Jesus Christ, and we know that even in our hardship. God still loves us. It's hard to believe sometimes, but but hey, man, he he died on a cross for us, and no greater love does a man have than that. Then he laid down his life for his friends. So don't ever doubt that. You're friends. You're friends of God. He's friends of you. Uh, and sometimes friends have problems, but the friend's always with them, right? Right, Brady. His friend never leaves you when you got problems. He's always there. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. And this is where the the real joy that I find in this is not in the the text itself. It, it's um, because he speaks about all the stuff that we know too well: the the love, the hate, the envy that is all there. He speaks about basically it's better to live because you know you'll die, but once you're dead, you know nothing. And and so there's this there's yeah. this this is very um, I always say Debbie Downer, which is the old Saturday Night Live skit. That, that, that comes upon us. But the, the beauty of this is that the Lord allows us to lament in this way. This is why I, I don't read Lamentations every day because, it, you know, I like to beat myself or something. But it, but it does show me that as much as uh, we try to have so much joy that comes from our own hearts, if you will, that he allows us when the world is not what we want it to be, when there's so much despair and envy and hate and wickedness and everything that he describes today, that he allows us to lament as, as, as we pray we can be as fathers to our children or as husbands to our wives. And for you, our listeners, it's okay to lament. And that's why lamentation is so powerful, because right in the middle of it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
is that a faithful God is one who allows us to lament the realities because he's there to listen. Like you said, doesn't leave. And that's the beauty, I think, of this is that a lot of times we say, no, 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 don't, don't, no, see the, see the positives in this. And you're like, wait, this happened. How could, how dare you tell me to be positive? This happened. How dare you to be positive at a funeral? Be positive. Like, no, no, this is death. Death is awful in every single way. Um, but in that, as Christians, we allow the gospel to, to preach the way it's supposed to be preached, not positivity, but in hope for what is still yet to come. Though, though that's what I appreciate about, about how Solomon does this and how a loving God allows you to do it. And, and of course, you've got that in here. Uh, but he who is joined with all the living has hope. And, and yeah. Brady, what you said is just absolutely so important because, you see, there are people who claim to be Christian out there who are telling you, oh, you shouldn't lament. You shouldn't be sad. Oh, because we've got all these great joys. Well, we do have great joy, but I, I, you're absolutely right. We have a God who says, I understand that you can be sad, right? Mm-hmm. Does not Jesus mm-hmm. weep when his friend Lazarus dies, even though he knows he's going to bring Lazarus back from the dead? So, I, yeah. Great, great thought, Brady. And that's what we have here. You can feel like Solomon, and sometimes we do feel like Solomon. And the only thing I would remind you is that that does not change the commitment that God has for you. It does not change his love for you. It does not change his forgiveness of you. He's not going up there saying, well, Solomon, you sorry son of a gun. (laughs) Forget that. No, no. He says, Solomon, yeah, I I can understand Solomon because I've been there. I've done that. I know that's how it feels sometimes, but let me assure you, it isn't. It isn't. Right. It isn't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, God could right. be. God could be like on the uh, progressive commercials. Have you seen these commercials where they're like, "Don't be like your <laughs> which, parents." Which yeah. Well, the, oh, the yeah. most recent one is when they're at the airport and that gal sitting there, and someone's <laughs> running past her and goes, "Somebody should have left earlier," you know. <laughs> and it's so good because I'm like, "Oh shoot, I do that. That's not good." And um, but it, that's how God could react to us. Like, you know, I told you. Yeah. I told you this, and, yeah, but yeah, but yet yeah. he—I mean, he does do that through the law. Let's be honest; he does call us out on the law. Yeah, but that's not where it yeah. ends. It's not like we're running. He goes, "I told you so," and then leaves us. No, he's there with us every step <laughs> along the way. And then Solomon transitions here seven through ten, where he gives us a glimpse of the faith that he does possess. I mean, he doesn't end on verse six; he continues seven through ten. He gives us a glimpse of that the the what I would say Christ goggles or the faith. Uh, um, filter that reminds us, okay, in Christ, in in the Lord, Yahweh, this is what our lives should be. Even though we know the realities, we know that there's still hope because of what the Lord has given to us. So I'm going to read 7 through 10, and I have to put a caveat. Is that okay? Are you wanting me to go shorter? That's that's great. That's great. (laughs) All right, 7 through 10. (laughs) Solomon says, go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. What every hand finds to do, do with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Now, 
I want to I start here, Pastor. I want to get your thoughts. Verse 10, when it says, uh, you know, whatever your hand finds to do with, do with all your might, which I think is a great vocational comment. And then he ends yep. with, well, yep. you're going to Sheol anyways. Um, and, and, and we have to define what Sheol is, because that can be misinterpreted. Okay. So what is Sheol in verse 10? Well, and, and, and honest, uh, you know, that's the thing. It's a really, really difficult term to interpret. It's sometimes understood as hell, and mm-hmm, I think right. there's passages in the Old Testament where it pretty much seems like like hell, uh, although I think the use here is, is what is more common, which is just where people go, when they, where their, their souls go. Right. We, we know where your body goes. We can go far. Well, now that we're cremating people and scattering their ashes, maybe it's not so hard, easy. <laughs> but in the good old days, it was easy to find where a person's body was when they died. Right. Mm-hmm. But the question is, well, where does their soul go? And, and the Old Testament thing is, well, they, they go to Sheol. Um, so that's what it was. Let's just leave it at that. It's, it's the place of the dead. It's where you go when right. you die. Your soul goes, anyway, when you die. Right. But, but see, now, now I'm going to take a different interpretation. And, and honestly, we can't judge Solomon's heart, okay? I'm not incapable of doing that. But see, to me, that phrase there at the end shows he hasn't come full around to faith yet. I, I think you're right. I think we're, we're beginning to see the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, right? And we're seeing that fear. All, all men are, are evil, you know. They're all mm-hmm. prone to madness. Uh, but but see, I read this and I'm thinking, yeah. So basically, Psalm is saying, well, you're you're going to die anyway. See, so might as well, you know. And, and he he knows enough not to be the the. Uh, um, oh, Brady, come on, help me. Uh, who who were the philosophers, the Greek philosophers that said just party because you're going to die anyway? I I don't know <laughs> offhand. That's that's that. too that's too deep for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. Okay. Well, anyway, so there is that philosophy, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's let's celebrate today because tomorrow we die, uh, and, and Solomon certainly isn't saying that. He's saying, well, kind of that, right? You're going to die, so enjoy your wife, you know, have some wine, wear wear your party clothes. That's what he means when he says wear white, because white was the party clothes uh, of his time. Uh, um, but again, then you know, the Lord's giving you things to do, and you're right, great vocational stuff there, right? What the Lord has given you to do, so you don't come up with your own plan. Because uh, you can do that, but it will never work out the way you plan. But there are things God has given you. He's put in your hand, so you should, should pursue that. But but see, I'm still feeling like, Solomon, you're missing something. I, I don't love my wife because, well, I'm going to die. She's going to die. Might as well enjoy her while I got her. No, no, I love my wife because Christ loves me. And, and I want to love her just the way Christ loves me. That's I love her, you know, just as, as Christ loves the church. And that's a totally different thing than saying, well, I'm going to love her because I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to shale mm-hmm. anyway. Does that make any sense, Brady? Well, I, I'm a little more optimistic in it, I would say, because as we've gone through Ecclesiastes, that you're right. There is that, there is that you know, E-drink can be merry, but the, 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 the understanding at the end of that is for, for the grave is even in the Lord's hands, you know, um, that all of that is in the Lord's hands. And that's really, I think, one part that is going to be helpful, I think, in our discussion and our study is in verse 7, where go eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. And that's something that definitely brings us that understanding of 
the completeness of what God has done for salvation. Um, we, you know, celebrate All Saints Sunday on Sunday and spoke about how <laughs> salvation belongs to God and the Lamb. And so I, I felt like, as I read too, that there is definitely that that handle here where David understands, the, I mean, excuse me, I always say David, I'm sorry, Solomon understands the fullness of his salvation being in God's hands. He's just lamenting more than we're used to the scriptures lamenting, if you will. That's that's kind of where I'm at because he sees it through, you know, God has given me my wife. God has given me this bread. God has given me this white garment and, and so forth. And therefore I can see it through the lens of faith. So I have, a, I think I have a little more optimistic view on it, even though um, I think we, I think we're in agreement. It just maybe, maybe, maybe I'm more happy today. I don't know. I have more caffeine than you. I don't know. Anyways, go on. <laughs> well, see, that's it. How old are you, Brady? How old are you, Brady? How, how, I'm 42 how, how now. I just turned, I turned 42 right. in October. Yeah. Wait, wait till you get to be 68. <laughs> You'll get more it. pessimistic, trust me. There you go. Um, there you and, go. And, and, and man, I, I really appreciate what you're saying. And, and you know what? I really appreciate what, what was said. Just So we're wrestling with a guy whose faith is really at a very weak point. Mm-hmm. It is so weak that in his testimony, we're not even really sure. You know, that you do have this business about being approved. But then, then he doesn't. He leaves us in Sheol. He doesn't bring up the resurrection or a, a, right. a life eternal. But but I like your thought. So this is how we are sometimes, Brady. We just mm-hmm. really, our faith feels so incredibly weak, and that's okay. It can be that way, all right? Because we still have the Lord, and everything, and he did testify to that, didn't he? That everything is in the hands of our God. And so even our weakness can be a good thing, but it certainly is not a thing that separates us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. That you can know for sure, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know if we can really pinpoint why that uh, pessimism would be a good thing, and maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just God bearing with us until we we have enough caffeine. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But but, but anyway, yeah, it's interesting, (laughs) and I think you can do that. I think you can take a positive view you can take a negative view, and the only thing I would say is, you got to you got to be looking for Christ. However, you're, you got you don't ever think that it's good enough to be a living dog. <laughs> it's good enough to just love your wife and then you're going to die. No, that mm-hmm. is not sufficient, and it isn't sufficient because we have something much greater than that, and that is the promise that no matter what happens here, you're going to be with the Lord Jesus. And, and trust me, whatever you remember, what Jesus said, whatever you lost here, you're going to get back a hundredfold. So if anyone's right. listening to this right now and they are kind of depressed and sad because maybe they have lost some things, maybe they're like Solomon. Man, I just don't see. Oh well, please, that, that's okay. You can feel that way, but don't don't despair. No, no, no. It, it'll all be all right. It really will. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. And that's and that's the and that's where verse seven I think really brings us to a good point. Although. Um, yeah. It, it brings us to a good point because I've, I've done, I do it myself and visit with people. And it's so refreshing when you hear somebody who goes through the list of issues that they're having, which is perfectly fine. That's what you go to your pastor for, yeah. um, to be able to speak about those things. And then them to have that, as you say, gospel handle where they say, you know what, 
but we, we know the Lord is with us and he's done everything in Christ. I, I just had a person say that to me recently. And at the end of it, that is, that is the look of faith. So I find that to be for God has already approved what you do. We're not saying he's approved that you got drunk on wine. He's not, he's not saying that it's an <laughs> approval of God is the one who does the approving and thanks be to God. He does because we can go down the wrong path. Pastor, we have about five minutes left, six minutes okay. left in our time. So we need to get moving. Um, so let's get All to right. 11, 11 and 12. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happens to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, like birds that are caught into a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. So he 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 turns he turns us to a whole new understanding and he has a comparison and so forth. What is he saying here? Well, see, he, he's going back to this whole see the whole idea of the old covenant is there's something in you that's going to make it all work out, right? right you're either right. very fast, or you're very strong, or you're very wise, or you're very uh, intelligent, or whatever. And, and, and this is the confrontation that no, no, there's nothing in you that's going to get you through this. Absolutely nothing. And they, there's all kinds of evidence around us that, that there's rich, uh, swift, strong, and no, it doesn't work out. But but see, that's that's okay. That's okay if you know Christ, because it's Christ who's going to get us through everything. Uh, and I'm beginning to see that this is a text about people who are, are struggling with a little faith, and, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to struggle with little faith. Because Christ is the one that's going to deliver you. And and if you find that you're not really as fast or bright or rich or whatever it is, that's okay, too. Because those things were never going to get you through anyway. Uh, and maybe this is a good thing that we're weak. Because now we understand that there's only one way you get through this life, and that is the love of God, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And all these things we were running around trying to do, uh, they were never going to accomplish anything anyway. And this is where... He gives permission for us to say, I don't know, you know, yeah, for man exactly. does not know his time. I like the, the vision because I think of uh, finding Nemo is my my vision of this, like a fish that is taken <laughs> into an evil net that 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 yeah. fish does not know if this is going to be one of those fishermen who are going to throw me back or he's going to take me and eat me. Um, we don't know what he's going to do. The birds that are caught in a snare. You don't know when I get caught in this, what's going to be the end product. And neither do we which is why um, where you're from or what, what's happening, uh, the Lord is going to take care of you. And we don't know the answers. And I just don't know. But we do know what we have in Christ. So we have to keep moving here. We have about four minutes left now. I'm going to read okay. all the way to the end, 13 till the end. I've also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building a great siege work against it. But there was found in it a poor, wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered the poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise heard heard and quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. So, Pastor, in 13 through 16, there's kind of a, a parable or a historical uh, a sermon illustration, maybe I'll call it. And what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that that's something I really want to focus on because I think that really is important to this to our chapter today. 
Well, and and and, and see again, uh, there are some historical instances that that compare to this. Uh, there's a story about Joab and and and, and the advice mm-hmm. when they were being besieged would just give them give them what they want. That's the thing to do. Uh, and so he might have been alluding to some of these historical things. Uh, there's the woman, of course, who throws the uh, what what's a big stone over the side of the wall and kills one of the generals that are attacking. Uh, but but I think mm-hmm. essentially. See, see, here's where I, I still feel that it's lacking in here, because he's gone back to say, okay, all right, yeah, wisdom, I guess, is still a very important thing. In fact, despite what happens, you know, it's good if you've got a wise person. Even if they don't remember the wise person, it still was good that he was wise. Uh, but but I, I still i am thinking of those passages where, where Christ is our wisdom. But he says right. it's absolutely true. But if you're still thinking in terms of human wisdom, you're thinking of right. your swiftness, your strength, your wisdom, your intelligence, your knowledge. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere. But when you remember that Christ is our wisdom, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, even though the sinner destroys much good. See, that's the comfort. Even though as sinners we've probably done a lot of harmful things in our life, and yet somehow in the love and forgiveness of Christ, it literally is turned around 360 degrees. But nothing apart from him, that's for sure, even the best things we do. And and indeed the best things we do, no one will remember anyway, Brady. I think we did a pretty good study, but frankly, (laughs) 10, 15 years from now, nobody's going to really remember what we did. But, But they'll remember Christ, won't we? They'll remember the wisdom that we've given people today. They'll remember that, and they'll remember that for an eternity. So, uh, yeah. And this goes into practical matters in the sense of uh, the more we think we have to say, the less wise people realize we are. Yeah. Um, definitely yeah. a reality here that that the power comes not from uh, from great kings, but it comes from uh, poverty. Uh, remembered here, it's the wisdom and the passing on of that, which, I mean, how can this not be about Christ? I mean, think about it as, as here's the poor man who who is did such a, a thing behind the scenes, such as dying on the cross in a very insignificant way for the whole culture of that time, not doing it with power that we would envision, but doing it in weakness and taking on the sins of the world so that we who are in him may be saved. And so that's why it definitely, when we look at this, yeah, if you're looking at wisdom and saying, boy, I'll just, if I'm just wise, then I'll be able to, to, to keep the city. Well, no, that's obviously not what's going on here, um, but definitely points us to Christ as our wisdom. I loved how you did that for us today. Pastor, in about, about, about a minute, actually a little bit less than a minute, 45 seconds, how would you summarize this chapter? Well, Brady, I think, I think you just hit it on the nose. And see, I didn't even think about the poor man being Jesus. But that's exactly it, isn't it? In, in this world, the world is going to be totally opposed to us as Christians. If you think this world is going to reward you for the things you've done as a Christian, you are totally mistaken. No, there is no reward for us because we are Christians in this world. The world is totally opposed to us. Uh, so you're just inviting more problems if you want to be a Christian. But you see, there you go. It really doesn't matter, does it? That's not what's important. Dear Jesus Christ, he came to this world, and he had nothing but suffering and opposition, and yet he changed everything. And I hope everyone understands that. He changed everything for you, for me, for everyone listening. Hey, there's not a thing you can do that can separate you from the love of God, which is is Christ Jesus. That's what he's accomplished. And now go love your wife because of that. So go love her Mm -hmm. just because you're going to be in shale someday. But go love your wife because... Mary, God really, really loves you, and as a result, that we can truly love people, even in all of our weakness and even in our doubt, and even in our feelings of despair sometimes. Just have a drink of wine and love your wife. Have a little joy. 
even if that may not take away the sadness, that still God has given us these things to do. So, Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO, giving us God's strong words of wisdom from Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Pastor Lekomsky, thank you again for the gifts. It's a joy, Brady. Saints of our Lord, we look at this, and if we look at it without God, it is nothing but despair. But when we see it in Christ, we have hope. And that hope is that wisdom is better than weapons of war, which reminds us that Christ is our wisdom because him who was poor became or rich became poor so that we and his righteousness may be rich. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.